The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Jesus said, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, As you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me, naked, and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Depending on who's asking it, the exact same question can have opposite meanings. Once before class, a student came up to the front and asked me, Dr. Lemihue, is it a requirement that my paper be five pages long? In this instance, It was an overachieving Bible major who could not imagine limiting her vast knowledge of a topic to so few pages. But then, after class, the same question. Is it a requirement that my paper be five pages? Only in this case, it was a lowly music major who had calculated that every minute spent writing would mean one less trombone scale in the practice room and that her already minuscule chances of landing an orchestra job would all but vanish, thanks to me. The same question, but with opposite meanings. And so it is in our gospel for today. The sheep and the ghosts ask precisely the same question. When did we see you hungry and thirsty and sick and so on? But the question has opposite meanings. The sheep have apparently been going along as if acts of mercy were of a second nature. Of course we're helping the hungry and the stranger and the imprisoned. When we see a need, we meet it. 
But surely we would remember if we had helped you, Jesus. The goats, on the other hand, have been going along oblivious to the plight of those around them. Why would we want to help anyone? I've got enough to worry about the way it is. Or, to quote the attorney from the infamous foursome of Costanza, Bennis, Kramer, and Seinfeld, you don't have to help anyone. That's what this country's all about. Sure, the goats say, if we knew that it was you, Jesus, then we might have done things a little bit differently. But it's not fair for you to sneak around pretending to be a poor person. It's really a little dishonest. Matthew 25 is one text that has undergone a shift in its interpretation during the past 30 years or so. And it pertains to the identity of those who are hungry and thirsty and poorly clothed and in prison. And it's been increasingly recognized that they are not simply disadvantaged people in general, but rather that they are, in fact, Jesus' own disciples, his followers. Back in chapter 12, Jesus refers to his disciples as his mother and his brothers. Then in chapter 18, they are the little ones who believe. And those two nicknames are combined here, as he calls them, the least of these, my brothers. Now, at first glance, this seems like a promising development. People had better be nice to me, or else Jesus is going to zap them at the last judgment. That'll show them. But maybe it's not so appealing. After all, Jesus assumes that his followers will be hungry and thirsty and strangers and in prison. Not exactly an enviable lifestyle. The outlook is bleak for those committed to the spread of the kingdom of God on earth. But the good news comes from exactly the point that surprises both the sheep and the goats. Jesus may be the universal judge. He may be the king sitting on his glorious throne in this scene. But he also stands in solidarity with his lowly followers. He casts his lot in with theirs. What is done to them is done to him. Standing in solidarity has become quite fashionable. If you attend the World Series or the All-Star Game, you hold up between innings a sign that says, I stand with, and then you fill in the name of a friend or loved one fighting cancer. So I stand with mom or I stand with my uncle. That's an easy one, though. Sometimes it's not so obvious who I'm supposed to stand with. Should I stand with police officers? Should I stand with victims of racial injustice? Should I stand with both? Can I stand with both? And what would it mean for me to stand with them in the first place? Put up a yard sign? All of us vote for the same party? Well, while it may not be clear what I have to offer, say, the police department, it is clear what Jesus has to offer his followers. There is no one better to stand in solidarity with those who suffer for the sake of the gospel. For those imprisoned, Jesus himself was falsely tried and convicted. But now, as St. Paul says, he leads captivity captive. For those poorly clothed, Jesus' garments were once divided by soldiers so that he could one day mount a white horse and lead the armies of the saints dressed in fine linen. For those who are strangers, Jesus himself had no place to lay his head, but now provides a baptismal home safe in the holy ark of the church. And what about those who hunger and thirst? For some, it may be a physical hunger, 
resulting from pandemic unemployment. For others, it's the hungering and thirsting of our hearts for meaningful connection, for extended family gathered around the dinner table, for normalcy, a hunger that a truckload of Thanksgiving turkeys could never satisfy. But for all who hunger and thirst, Jesus sought bread for 40 days in the wilderness and cried out for a saturated sponge on the cross so that he might host us at his heavenly banquet, even here this morning. This account of the sheep and the goats is Jesus' last extensive teaching to his disciples in Matthew's Gospel. And it is the last message that this church year has for us. The message that, in the season of waiting and hoping that lies ahead, and frankly, that has characterized much of these last months of our lives, that in the midst of our longing, Jesus stands in solidarity with each and every one of his followers, that he has made our struggles his own, and that he supplies for all our needs. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.